Slate Church. It is so good to see you here at our online service here this morning. We're just so happy that you would be here to join us, and we're just so excited for a fantastic Sunday ahead. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. We are so excited to be here with yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. We haven't met before. My name is Emily. I'm on the leadership team here at Slate Church, and I'm joined by... I'm Sarah Ruth, and I serve on our family's ministry team, uh, and it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you've been serving up on families for a while, and I know you've just been bringing your heart and soul to families every single week, and I'm sure any families watching the service right now recognize Sarah Ruth, either from in person or our awesome kids content that we have every week. So we're just so excited to have you. We're actually going to play a little game, I think, today. Usually we have, you know, some sort of fun little game we play, you know, just to get you guys ready, excited for the service ahead, and just practicing getting engaged in the chat because um, it's so important to be giving feedback uh, throughout the message, and that chat is there for you to, to put your name in, to introduce yourself, to say hi, and also give some feedback during the message. So what game are we playing today, Sarah? All right, so today we are playing Would You Rather, but oh, we're not classic. just playing any Would You Rather. No. Not the classic version. No, we are playing... Sunday morning edition. Oh, Sunday morning edition. Okay, so yep. customized yep, just for you, Slate Online, mm -hmm. would you rather? Just the online service. All right, so very we, special. We're going to answer the questions here, but make sure that you're also answering the questions in the chat because these are for you. So I'm going to start off with an easy one. Should be pretty easy. I'm pretty sure everyone in the chat, you're going to have the same answer for this one, hopefully. Uh, but Sarah, would you rather attend the 9th or the 1030 online service? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, whatever service you're at is my answer. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. What about you? Same. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That service that you're at, it's so good. It's the best. All right. What's the next question? All right. So the next question is, and you have to be honest. Okay. When you watch church online, do you wear your Sunday best or do you wear your pajamas? Oh. What do you do? I'd like to say Sunday best. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't sometimes wear my PJs. I yeah. mean, it's, it's comfy, cozy. it's fun, you're at home, why not? Totally. What about you? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me. Uh, <laughs> Sunday best, <laughs> obviously. Obviously, of course, that's the right answer. Awesome. Would you rather eat breakfast before or after service? Ooh. I'm going to... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say after. Oh, okay. I was going to say yep. before. I feel like I want to be fueled up for worship, you know, ready to go. Yeah, but. It gets me hungry after. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, fair. I'm ready to feast. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Would you rather eat, speaking of breakfast, speaking of breakfast yeah. a savory breakfast oh. or a sweet breakfast? Oh, it's a really good question. Well, I feel like the last time I was in pre-roll, I was talking about how much I loved waffles, and I feel like I have to bring up that topic again. Definitely sweet, definitely waffles, for sure. Actually, after we did that pre-roll, Nate went out and bought me a waffle maker so we could have waffles what at home. What a nice husband. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to have to go with uh, savory. Oh, really Give me the bacon, the eggs, all that good stuff. That's great. All right. Would you rather watch the service in your living room or in your bedroom? Living room. Yeah. I like the big screen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The full experience. Exactly. And you can get that on your Instagram. Let people know that you're tuning into the Slate Church series. Tag Slate Church in your Instagram story. I don't know. Maybe that's going to happen if you're watching in your <laughs> living room. And what do you, would you do living room then? Yeah, it absolutely. Sounds like of it. course. Got to get that surround sound going. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> awesome. Would you rather... Use, you know, when there's a really good point in the message, you want to give some feedback in the chat, would you rather use the fire emoji or the praise hands emoji? Fire. Yep. Oh, okay. Bring the fire. Interesting. What about <laughs> you? 
think I'm a praise hands emoji girl myself. It's definitely always in my recently used, so yeah, you know it's a bit fair. more convenient. That's fair. Yeah, for cool. sure. All right. Would you rather drink coffee or tea while you're watching the service? Okay. Well, <laughs> I feel like whenever I ask this question to people, I always think it's going to be a big controversial answer, uh -oh. but it's usually coffee. And personally, I'm a coffee person yeah, as well. Yeah, me too. Coffee all the way. Yeah, that's awesome. What's our last question, Sarah? Okay. So this is specifically if you have kids. If you have kids, do you have them watch the service with you or do you have them sit in the other room watching Paw Patrol? <laughs> I know you don't have kids, but... I mean, if you did, I get the appeal of wanting to have them, you know, it's important to have kids in service with you, but you know, I get, I get sometimes Paw Patrol's on and kids just want to watch Paw Patrol. That's totally fine. Totally. Listen guys, we're going to have an awesome service today. I'm so excited for what God's going to do. And I'm going to turn over to Pastor Jared to introduce the service today. Well, welcome to Slate Church. It's so great to see you today. Whether you are turning, tuning in online or whether you're tuning in at a watch party, we're so glad that you're with us here. We are going to start our service with a time of worship. But listen, before we do that, if you're tuning in live online, there's going to be a button popping up in the chat. It says connect. We would love to get to know you. Love for you to fill out a connect card. And hey, there's going to be another button there. It says invite. And there's still time to invite to this service if you're watching digitally. And hey, if you're at our first watch party of the day, there's still time to invite for the rest of the watch parties. But listen, we are going to start with worship. So why don't you stand to your feet? Wherever you are, we're going to put our hands together and begin to sing today. Come on, put your hands together. Come on. I was searching for something, something I knew was there but couldn't see. I remember the moment when the one I was searching for found me. I can make sense of this, no getting over it. How much your love changed everything. How that I know you now, how can I go without Jesus? You're more than enough for me. Come on. I don't need anything else. I need your love. I need your love, I don't want anything else. I need your love, I need your love, yeah. 
church we're going to sing there is a sound it's a sound i love to hear it's the sound of the savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray where he hears praises he hears faith Verse 25, it says, 
About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing, singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains were loose. Church, we have an opportunity to praise right now. That's not just gonna bring us breakthrough, but people in our lives and in our city, come on. Church, every week we have the incredible opportunity to celebrate with people what God is doing in their lives. Today we're thankful that someone has finished their last classics exams and assignments of their undergrad. We're also thankful for the peace that someone has gotten in Christ even when nothing makes sense. I'm thankful for that too. We also take some time every week to pray for the prayer requests that come in. And church, if you have a prayer request that you would like to put in, you can go to slaychurch.com slash prayer. And every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m., we hop onto Zoom as a church and we take some time to pray together for the needs in our church and celebrate with what's happening. Here are some of the prayer requests. We're praying for the leaders of Ontario and for the decisions being made and how they impact so many people. We're also praying for financial provision for someone who is unemployed and does not qualify for EI assistance. Church, if you have a need that isn't, hasn't been read, why don't you raise a hand just fit in faith that God's going to do something in it. And if you have faith that God can move, why don't you raise your other hand as we pray. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing. We thank you for the way that a lockdown is not changing the fact that you are moving. Restrictions aren't changing the fact that you're moving, God. You are good and you are faithful in all things. And God, we bring these needs to you, God. I pray that you would change our hearts, God. I pray that as we come to you, that we would be full of faith and expectation, knowing that you are powerful, that you are able to move, God. So move in situations of financial provision, God. Move in situations of healing. We thank you for what you're doing, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, come on, church, let's continue to lift our voices. Oh, and when he moves, and when we pray, we sit a wall, now stands away, where every promise is amen. 
wherever you are right now, why don't you just put your hands together. We get to worship God. We get to sing his praise today, whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching. You know, Slate Church, it's such a privilege to be able to come together to worship Jesus, to come together to learn from his word. And you know, we are in such an incredible season right now, such a great series, Revival Rumblings, Heart for the House. And you know what? We are going to be diving in again today, learning more about the vision here at Slate Church of what is coming up. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. Pastor Beth's going to let you know what that looks like in a conversation later on today. But we're also in our Heart for the House season. And, And what that looks like is it's actually an above and beyond opportunity to give financially and invest here at Slate Church. And our Heart for the House Sunday is coming up on May 2nd. So make sure you are marking your calendars, you're having conversations, you're looking into what you can give, what you can sacrificially give when it comes to Heart for the House this once a year giving. You know, we have lots coming up here at Slate Church as well. On April 25th, we are having child dedications. Listen, there have been a lot of babies born into this church in the past year. I think that people maybe were just bored at the start of pandemic, and here we are. You know, the pregnancy announcements just keep coming. So listen, if you have had a child, or maybe you have a child who has not yet been dedicated, this is an opportunity to sign up for that. You might be listening and going, what the heck are child dedications? I have no idea what this is. Basically, it's an opportunity we see in scripture, babies being born, children being born, and being dedicated back to God. Basically, parents saying, we are committed to raising this child, this baby in a Christian home. We are committed to recognizing that we can't do this alone. We're inviting other people into that process in the church, but we're saying, hey God, this child is yours. And so this is just an opportunity to do that. We get to pray over these babies as pastors. And whether it's a baby that you have, maybe you have a child who's a little bit older and they haven't been dedicated at this point, you are so welcome to register as well. So if you want to have your child dedicated on April 25th at one of our watch parties, you can go to slatechurch.com slash baby, really easy to remember, and sign up there and they will there will be more information for you there as well. Listen, we want to invite you to follow us on all of our social media outlets, to check out YouTube, all of those sorts of things, because we want to make sure you are in the know with what is happening here at Slate Church. There's always a lot going on, so why don't you check out some of those handles just behind me and make sure that you are in the know of what is happening, and then you can share as well with the people that you influence, the people in your life, the people that are seeing your social media so that they can also engage with what is happening. Well, as I said, we're in our heart for the house season, but listen, every single Sunday we talk about giving, this regular giving, right? Heart for the house is this one-time giving once a year, but we aren't called just to give once a year. We're really called to give on a regular basis, and we really believe as a church that we get to give, that we actually get to give back out of what God has given us financially here as a church. So I just want to encourage you today to do that. There's a bunch of ways that you can give. They're going to be coming up on the screen. You can check those out. And why don't you do that today? And we're going to pray for our giving. 
Jesus, I thank you so much that we get to give. What a blessing that is. What an opportunity it is to remind ourselves that we are surrendered to you. That it's not about us. It's not about our finances. It's not about what we have. But it's about what we get to give back to you and what you do through it, God. I'm so amazed by that all the time. So would you just bless this today in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, we have an interview segment coming up right now. And I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Beth. And she's going to take it from here. Thanks, Pastor Emma. Well, hey, church, I am so excited for this next part of our service today because I have the opportunity and the privilege, really, to interview someone from our church family. And as Pastor Emma mentioned, right now we are in our Heart for the House Times Revival Rumbling Series as a church. And in this time, we're actually getting to hear stories of how God has really shown people what it looks like to be generous because of the generosity that he has first shown us. And I've got someone incredible with me today. I've got the wonderful Aaron. Hutter. Why don't you give Aaron a round of applause wherever you are right now. Aaron, it's so good to have you here today. You and I had a chance just to, to chat even before we sat down here about what generosity has looked like in your life, how you've tracked when it comes to, to finances and giving back to God over multiple seasons, because you're someone that's been going to church for a while now and to Slate Church for a while now. And we've seen you go from a student attending Slate Church to a full-time employed teacher at Slate Church as well. And so I wanted to just hear a little bit about your story, what it has looked like to, to track with God through each of those seasons today. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here um, yet again. Um, but yeah, I grew up in church my whole life. Um, I've gone to church ever since I was born with my family, my grandparents. We've all done it together um, all through our life. And, and for a long time, church to me was a kind of routine, a religion, and not a relationship. Um, and this, this is important because this ties into my generosity. Um, I, I think generosity is something that comes um, as an overflow of our faith, right? Our faith is a foundation in our life. And when my faith became a relationship, it wasn't a religion. It wasn't a subject I taught in school or actually took in school growing up. Um, I went to Catholic school, university, all of that. Um, it became a relationship and it came, became very important to me. Um, and as I, I, my faith became a relationship, and, and my relationship with Christ grew. This was in university. I was a student. Um, this was before I started coming to Slate. Uh, but it really took took life, um, and it took off, I guess, when I was coming to Slate, and, and my relationship grew. And um, generosity, something to remember, especially as a student, is it, it's not about how much money you can give. It's not about how much you can give, how little you can give, but actually the spirit it comes from. It's about your heart, and, and generosity is not just about money. Um, money is a part of it, absolutely, but it's also about are you generous with your time? Are you generous with your words, your energy, um, everything else? Are you encouraging to people? Right? Um, as a student, something that I always told myself a lie, I fed myself was, you know what? School's expensive. I don't have money to be generous. Like, I don't have money to give. I can't go buy somebody something. I'm in debt. Um, and the truth is, that's a lie. Um, there's so many ways to be generous. As a student, you can be generous in um, sharing your notes with someone, asking somebody if they want to study with you, buying someone a coffee. There's so many ways um, um, to do that. And in the Bible, you see all throughout the Bible, as you get closer to God, um, you can kind of learn this as you go. And in uh, Proverbs, it actually says, um, those who are generous prosper, right? Uh, the more you give, the more you actually receive. If you give freely, you receive more. And it's all throughout the Bible, the New Testament, the Old Testament. Um, in Matthew, we see this as well, as we freely receive, we need to freely give. 
in Acts, Jesus says, uh, it's actually more important and you're more blessed to give than, than to receive. And we see this in Psalms, we see it all over the Bibles. We need to give to receive, and it's the heart posture, right? We don't give um, to get something back. In university, I'm not giving uh, in my life. I'm not delivering flowers to somebody to get an Instagram shout out. I'm not giving someone donuts or buying someone a coffee for them to do it back to me. It's actually to bless people. We're called to love God and love others. Um, and I think generosity plays a big role in that. We're actually honoring God in doing so. We're loving people. Um, and as we do that, that, that's an overflow of everything else, right? As I do that to you, you'll do that to somebody else. You know the way it made you feel. Um, and it's actually taking our, our words into actions. So for me, I think that's, that's so good. It's important, that's yeah. That's so good. You are someone that like lives and breathes this. Like even as you're saying, like dropping off flowers and, and all of these different types of things. I was on the receiving end of, of the, one of your deliveries this week, which is amazing. And I love how God has just like established this, this culture in you and this, this lifestyle and characteristic in you. Um, for, I guess, the people that are watching today that are maybe in that spot right now that are like, I don't know what I can bring to the table. I don't feel like I have anything that I can bring to the table. I'm in debt maybe financially. I don't have time on the calendar. Like, what would your encouragement be to them in that season to just see this kind of become something that is, is continuing to outwork and grow in their life, even as they trans transition out of being a student and into the next season? Ooh, I would say there's a few um, really important things in that. One is just finding your priority. Because um, it's so easy to say, I'm in debt, I don't have money. And I'm in a ton of debt <laughs> from school I, and to university in the UK. Like I, I'm in a lot of debt, but for me it's like, maybe I could not go to Burger Priest to For All. I could maybe not get that food and I can buy someone a coffee, right? What's my priority? Is it myself? Is it doing something I don't really need to do? But is it actually loving somebody instead? Right? Is it, um, it kind of resting my own sorrows or is it going to the Bible? In Proverbs it says, um, as you refresh other people, you will be refreshed, right? Yeah. So it's not about me, yeah. right? As I give to you, you're gonna give back to me and it's not you, God will give back to me and that might look different, right? If I buy you coffee, doesn't mean tomorrow my friend's gonna buy me coffee, yes. but it's actually having faith that as I give to others and I bless other people, that I'll see the fruit of that in other ways, right? We see the fruit of our obedience. We see reward through that. Um, so one thing is just where are your priorities, right? It's possible. If there's a will, there's a way. Um, and just pray, honestly, just pray. Ask God, like, who can I bless today? Oftentimes this is what I do. It's like, who, who should be on my heart? Place someone on my heart. And I really try hard to actually not just do that for my friends, but to other people. Um, and that can be something that's uncomfortable, especially in university. It's not the norm to like, go to a random person's house and be like, hey, like, here's a dinner I made extra, I wanna give you some. Yeah. But it's not supposed to be normal, it's not yeah. supposed to be comfortable. There's nothing normal about this life, yeah. right? It's extraordinary, it's yeah. something out of this world living with Jesus. Wow. So I would say get uncomfortable with it. People yeah. aren't gonna think you're weird if you drop off flowers at their house, yeah. even if they're not someone you talk to every day. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, this quote, I guess, um, Bishop, T.D. Jake said this in a sermon a while ago. He said, God is generous. Are you close enough to God to be generous to? Um, and, and I think, again, going back to this being the foundation of your life, uh, generosity might not be a strength you feel like you have, but the more um, we get into the word and the more we read it and study it and make that the foundation of our life, the more this becomes normal. It's not something you're putting in your schedule anymore. It's not a checkbox, but it's just who you are. Um, and I feel like I've really gotten to the point now after time of being really intentional where it's like, I could probably say like 355 days a year I'm generous to someone. 
And that's not to toot my own horn, but it's just because I've tried so hard to live that way, to, to love people. And I've seen the fruit of it. So I would just say, get uncomfortable, check yourself. Like, what are my priorities? And am I actually living a life that emulates Christ, right? Because the more um, we get to know him, the more we are like him. And this just overflows from all of that. Wow, that is so good, Erin. You shared so much good stuff <laughs> in there. You. I feel like you could just keep going, keep preaching on, yeah, on this topic of generosity. <laughs> but it, it, it's so true that you're someone that really does live this out. And I think that even people watching right now can get a sense of that. It's who you are. You're someone that's not afraid to get uncomfortable, to recognize that this is not normal. It's, it's ra actually radical to, to show this kind of generosity. And I just, I'm, I'm grateful for the example that you set in our church of that. So, so thank you thank for being you. willing to share today. Thank you for Amazing. having me. Amazing. Well, hey, that was fantastic. But now I get to transition into something that I know so many of you have been waiting for all week. If you did not know, we are right now in our, our Heart for the House and Revival Rumblings series as a church. And with that, we're actually doing a three-part vision conversation, just sharing some of the things that God is doing in our church, where he's leading and directing us. Our lead pastors had an opportunity to sit down with some of our, our staff and lead team to talk about what this is going to look like. And last week, we left you with a little bit of a cliffhanger, but this week we are in part two of the three-part conversation, and you are going to want to tune into this. So make sure you're paying attention and get ready for this incredible conversation in part two of our series. a spiritual heritage here and uh, you have the spiritual groundwork is already here and there's an afterglow that I think you feel now people are not attending church today in Canada as they once were but I believe that Canada stands in a very unique position if Canada should have a spiritual awakening and a spiritual revival uh, I think many uh, people throughout the world are looking for a leader they want somebody to emerge well, till the Lord Jesus comes, he's the one that's going to emerge finally as the world leader. Till he comes, Canada could help lead the world in a spiritual awakening. Locals. Let's talk locals. Okay. So, we love the small groups that have been started at Slate Church. They've been growing. They've been healthy. A lot of people direct or can trace their spiritual journey, their discipleship right. back to groups. Um, but we've been taking a good look at it. We've been talking to a lot of Connect Group yeah. leaders, all of the Connect Group leaders, right. actually. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about all the leaders of Connect Group leaders. Yeah. I've been asking this question. If we're going to actually point our church and say, hey, this is the main way that you're going to be pastored in our church because we're, yeah. we're a priesthood of all believers. We're yeah. all pastors. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Emma and I are only two people. Mm -hmm. You guys, who are our main leaders, are only uh, around this table five. And, of course, we've got Ben and Megan, who just had a baby. Yeah. Celebrate them. Oh, yeah. Wish that they could be around this table. But we're only, um, we're only uh, seven people on top of yeah. that. Um, and we can only reach so many. Like, if we want to continue, the thing is that Jesus calls uh, the early disciples, go make disciples, adds 3,000 to their number that day. Yeah. And you see them immediately putting structure right to that to be able to take care of everybody that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. Well, Connect Group's been our main strategy for that, but we feel like a little bit more connecting has been happening and a little less discipling. Now, it's implicit in the name. We called it Connect Groups. It's doing exactly what we wanted it to do. But 
We're really excited because we've been putting a lot of thought to this, not just around this table, yeah. but a lot of dreaming with other people in yeah. our church and that sort of thing. Yeah. And we're actually going to be replacing, of course, you guys know this, we're going to be replacing Connect Groups moving right. forward wow. in September. September. Fall 2021. Fall 2021. We're going to be replacing our Connect Groups with locals. Yeah. And Nate, I want you to give us a bit of a rundown. You've been doing actually a lot of groundwork on this, yeah. and we're so thankful for it. Give us a rundown of what locals are. Yeah, so our locals, um, you know, they're really going to be based about, around five things that we can kind of share and talk about right now. Yeah. Uh, they're all going to have a unique purpose, and they're going to have four key rhythms that we want to see outworked in the locals. Yeah. Uh, and really, that's just like some structure that we're giving so that these healthy local communities can be places where people are living out their life in relationship with one another, building community, uh, and making sure that... Uh, this, this community, this relationship, this discipleship life is truly a life. It's not yeah. just an event bi-weekly. Yeah. It's not just an event on Sundays, but it's something that carries through every day of the week. That's right. And so each of these groups is going to have a unique purpose. That's to make disciples in their chosen mission field, in their chosen neighborhood, wherever they find themselves. Maybe it's uh, young families in Waterloo. Maybe it's uh, uh, professionals in Kitchener. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, uh, young adults uh, around the campuses. But these are going to be these different groups of people who have a purpose to make disciples and live on a mission for their communities and their neighborhoods. That's right. While also encouraging uh, and, and building up one another as well. Yeah. Uh, so these groups are going to be groups that eat together. It's one of our rhythms. Yeah. They're going to actually break bread, spend time like having food with one another yeah. uh, and building relationship, which I think is just such a really cool thing. Yeah. This is one of my favorite parts yeah. of locals <laughs> is the eating <laughs> together. Okay? Yeah. Who doesn't love a good meal, right? <laughs> well, and I, and I think what we've seen actually, because again, this whole move is from just connecting yeah. to discipling. Yeah. Yeah. And so this common purpose that we're going to be rallying around, that's important. Yeah. But the only way that people actually go towards mission together is if they see it like family. Yeah. And, um, I mean, what a better way. I think our healthiest current connect groups are actually had been doing this yes. prior to COVID. And so this is just like you actually start to see that healthy things actually just start to add this yeah. to it. But now we're going to actually say, hey, let this be a rhythm of your local. Yeah. Cool. I know that's just one part. No, it's great. And it's actually so cool. Just as we go through all these rhythms, there are different connect groups that are already doing all these different things. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually stuff that we're seeing different healthy connect groups do and pick up just naturally yeah. that we that's now right. just get to add a little bit more support and accountability towards. Yeah. So, right. hey, they're going to eat together. Uh, we also want to see them reach out together uh, and actually serve their city right. practically yeah. like our city impact teams have and supporting our city impact ministry, yeah. uh, getting on the ground, just meeting the needs uh, in their communities, which is absolutely fantastic. I know it's something that's been like the heart of our church uh, for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think I'm just so excited about the impact, the potential impact that locals yeah. can have, yeah. you know, on our the neighborhoods that they occupy, yeah. right? Like I'm even thinking back to like beginning of Slate, we were partnered with this organization called Red Frogs. That's and it was right. all about students serving right. other students, um, which was really cool for me, like being able to serve my peers and like people right. that like I went to classes with and being able to serve them really practically. I could totally see like uh, a local of students serving the students right. of our yes. community. Yeah. I can see a local of, you know, young families, like serving the young families yeah. of our community, so really just reaching, you know, your peers, the people you're already seeing every day and, uh, and impacting them in a whole new way. Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, there was one time a student showed up to a gathering that we were doing, and they said, I didn't know that Red Frogs got together. And they didn't even know the name of our church. They just knew us by 
the, the term red frog. Like by our serving, they knew our church. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think like moving forward, what a cool opportunity. Um, we're moving from a select few in our church, that's, which we're still going to carry on through City Impact. Yeah. But all of a sudden, now we add all of these locals with a regular rhythm. Yeah. And again, we don't need to be worried about what that rhythm is at this point. It's not. It's, we'll, we'll get to the, those types of things as time goes on. But um, all of a sudden, all of our locals will be serving in that capacity. It's great. Yeah, and so as these locals reach out, they're going to be meeting practical needs in their community. Right. But we're also going to encourage them to reach out and just spend time in their neighborhoods. Go to the places where, you know, the people that uh, you want to reach are hanging out. Rub shoulders with them. Right. Invite your friends to join you. Make it a natural invitation to join in this community before you're ever even inviting somebody to a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, they're getting that relational cool. foundation. Um, so, yeah, they're going to eat together, reach together, and also study scripture together. Uh, actually really make sure that we are rooted in scripture. We're gaining a solid understanding of uh, the Bible and of what God is doing in our lives, that we're not just actually uh, teaching people, um, you know, just like uh, uh, things on the surface level, mm. but we're actually teaching people how to fish. You know, we're actually Sorry. teaching people like, hey, here's how you study the Bible. Here's yeah. how you yeah. actually spend time in prayer and getting closer yeah. to God. Yeah. Here's actually how you can get a great, greater understanding of God's plans and purposes for your life and, and your identity as a child of God mm. uh, so that we can have a whole church of people who are proactively becoming more like Christ day in and day out. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what everybody during this whole thing. You know what? I, th I think my, what might be helpful is people actually get a visual yeah. of yes, what that looks like. Sure. And we actually, I think, have a video that we can We do. Do we want to show yeah, the video right now? Video. We got one more point, though. Yeah, yeah, we got, uh, we got another rhythm we want to cover. <laughs> yeah, we'll get yeah. the rhythm. Uh, yeah, so uh, we want to actually be uh, uh, um, studying scripture, gaining that foundation together, uh, and then we also want to be diving deep. That's right. And really the heart of this is we actually want to see smaller accountability groups within locals. Locals are going to be like 10 to 20 people, uh, and that's awesome. You can connect with 10 to 20 people, but, like, you're not necessarily, like, telling your deepest, darkest secrets to 10 to 20 that's people right. week in and week out, right? That's right. And there's this greater level of depth and accountability that we want to encourage people towards and that's going to be these accountability groups of two to four people that once you've been in a local for a while yeah. once you've built some friendships you've gained some relationships we want to encourage you to then actually start uh putting together or finding a group right. that you can actually hold each other accountable just asking like hey what's god been doing in your life how are you growing in your faith how's your marriage been what sins have you yeah. been struggling with yeah. uh w celebrating and, and praying together um something how, how really powerful spiritual habits been yeah exactly the great thing is that i think previously we put so much weight on the connect group leaders to be like doing all the work right. within the connect groups right. or meanwhile what we're moving towards is this more lifestyle approach right. where it's like this is discipleship yeah. through lifestyle yeah. doing life with one yeah. another and not just that cheesy like we all want to do life together yeah. but in this really um deliberate and and um intentional way yeah and then what comes out of that is all of a sudden within that group accountability and pastoring mm -hmm. starts to happen with one another. Yeah. So now people aren't falling through the cracks because a leader's been through a stressful season in right. themselves and now right. 10 to 20 people are yeah. going like, uh, like nobody's been caring for me. Yeah. And I, well, now the expectation is explicit. Within these locals, yeah. there's gonna be these groups that are caring for one another. So yeah, good. and I love, I love these different rhythms because oftentimes when we think about like doing life together or whatever that means, it's just like hanging out. Right. Yeah. But if there's, it's yeah. so much deeper than that. Like yeah. it is like serving other people and it is studying and learning yeah. like what we believe in. It is like opening up with a level of vulnerability. We went to our conference like a couple years ago and Tim Timberlake uh, was one of the speakers there. And he said this quote that stuck with me is like, your level of accountability is only 
actually as strong as your level of vulnerability. Right. Yeah. And so to be vulnerable wow. with each other, to actually have accountability yeah. for what's happening in our life is like that's part of of doing life together okay. or whatever yeah. you conceptualize yes. that being. So yes. these rhythms are really cool. So give me give me the quick rundown again of the rhythms. Like yeah. you described it really well as a funnel when you were telling me about it. Yeah, so I think uh, when we talk about it like a funnel, we can say that, hey, oftentimes people are going to come and eat with you first. Right. They might actually join in and like how you're reaching out and serving. I think that's pretty accessible for people to hang out with and check out. So easy to invite to those too. 100%, yeah. yes. Makes it so accessible, absolutely. And, and so people can maybe start coming out to some of the eat times, the reach times. Yep. Maybe after spending some time with the community, they want to jump in and start studying scripture with right. you guys, uh, 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 getting a little bit deeper in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after you've kind of built some of these relationships and have a foundation, then we can encourage people like, hey, let's join a dive deep All group. Right. Let's Great. get that accountability yes. and really fully lean into what God is doing through this community. Yeah. I love the language of, for that little accountability group within the local, the yeah. dive deep. You were calling it the scuba squads earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not. We're, <laughs> you know, the, the problem with no, me bringing it up happening. right now no. is that <laughs> people, some people are going to do that. Don't no, no, do no, that. Hashtag scuba squad, dive deep together. It's a thing. We need to think from like Men in Black where they like push it and it erases. Forget scuba squads ever. But locals, like, I mean, that is a, I mean, that is a term. All of a sudden, you're localizing discipleship yeah. on mission. So these people are on mission with you. And I think of our group, which is, I would say, one of the healthier groups, especially before COVID when we are eating together yeah. and our families are getting together. But all of a sudden, I, I mean, I can already visualize it for us as families. Yeah. So it's a whole bunch of couples with kids. We would have, kids. like, 12 kids running around. Yeah, like, I remember we'd set a picnic for the kids. It was just a little crazy. But now, all of a sudden, if we picture we're on mission to also serve other families right. like ourselves. Well, I remember even when we had Serve Day yeah. last fall, we had the yeah. opportunity to do that with our mm -hmm. Connect group and serve. And just seeing, like, in our context, the yeah. kids, like, serving together and mm -hmm. us being, like, to see this on a regular rhythm right. and a regular so basis yeah. um, across all yeah. different generations and all right. different contexts. Yeah. All, yeah. What an incredible thing. Just yeah. a tangible yeah. generosity and tangible hands right. and feet of... Yeah the way of Jesus, exactly what you're talking about in mission. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to queue up the video now? Come on. I think we're ready. <laughs> now we know. All right, check this out. As we seek to live out the ways and words of Jesus, we are empowering and equipping healthy communities to practice and teach the gospel, both locally and across Ontario. We see groups of people who are spiritually formed as they pursue the character and commands of Christ. People are known by their love for one another and live lives on mission to spread the good news of Jesus. Locals are united in their common purpose of making disciples in our own backyard. Locals eat together, encouraging one another and growing in community. Locals reach out spending time building relationships in our neighborhoods and serving our city practically. Locals study scripture, being rooted in God's word. Locals dive deep, holding each other accountable in the pursuit of Christ. This is community, this is discipleship, this is church, and these are locals. All right, that was great. I think that gives us a good picture, a good understanding. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, we've got something else coming, right? Because right. locals is yeah. so great, 
but there's there's more to this vision that's and right. more to this mission of what's happening and really that seems to come out in expansion well, we've really enjoyed having that conversation as staff. And uh, as we said last week, we're not trying to delineate between staff and volunteers. We're all the same in the kingdom of God, but uh, staff are the, the tip of the iceberg and represent a lot of people uh, that are led in our church. And we're really excited to be bringing these conversations to you and really excited for Locals Plus. But before we get to Locals Plus, if you're interested in either leading a local or being a part of a local uh, going into the future, why don't you head to our website and fill out an online connect card. Now, this isn't just a revival rumbling series talking about the vision of where we're headed as a church, but this is also a Heart for the House season where we're leading up to May 2nd, our Heart for the House Sunday, where we give above and beyond our regular giving. And I wanna to talk to that right now, following up on Nate's incredible message on abundance and scarcity last week. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that right now. But can we just thank Nate in the chat at watch parties, everything else, and just thank him for an incredible uh, message and an incredible uh, week to kick off our Revi Revival Rumblings Heart for the House series. Um, it was great, thank you very much, Nate. Okay, I've got a lot to go through here. So why do we give above and beyond on a, on a Sunday once a year? And why is that important to us? Why do we talk about money uh, every week in our church during a giving moment? And then why do we have one season, a four week season where we talk about money a little bit more? Well, the reason for that is because the Bible talks about prayer about 500 times. It talks about faith about 500 times. And it talks about giving money and, and possessions over 2,000 times. So, I mean, you hear about faith, you hear about prayer, and you hear about these other things about 2,000 times. 16 out of the 38 parables that Jesus gives is on money. <laughs> so we have to realize that what God's trying to get through to us as his creation is not that he's obsessed with money, but he recognizes that we are. We're obsessed with what we've been given by him. And so he wants us to understand a better way to go about this. We're gonna find ourselves really quick. My name is Brandon, by the way. I just don't have very much time to give you what I want to, I feel God wants me to give you right now. Uh, we're gonna find ourselves in Genesis chapter three, verse one. And uh, this is the fall of humanity, right? It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals that God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? That's a question that is so dangerous to so many of us. Did God really say? Rather than starting with God, what God said and whether or not we're interpreting it appropriately, we have become accustomed to saying, did God really say? And that's a dangerous point when it comes to money or anything else. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Scary stuff. You will not certainly die, said the serpent to the woman, for God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. A temptation for us all is to be like God. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The first act of changing uh, for ourselves what God had actually created as normal. Listen, we got to understand that the parallels between the fall of humanity and sin entering into the world in the story that we just read and our current approaches to finances are not so different. Why is it that we allow the vices and temptations around us to so easily speak to us? I mean, it, it should be the other way around where we are guarding ourselves from the things that shouldn't tempt us rather than 
allowing them so easily to speak to us. What would God have to say to our finances today? I believe that God would have to say to our finances today the same thing that he said to, the, to uh, Adam and Eve originally in the garden. And by the way, I'm adapting some truths that I spoke about, I think, a few years ago and giving it to you in a 10 to 15 minute format because I think that this gives us the groundwork for why we do hard for those altogether, what, why it's important uh, in the first place. And so what God says to Adam and Eve in the garden is that you are to control what I've created and don't allow what I've created to control you. Another way of saying this is that we are image bearers and image bearers and authority holders uh, uh, and that authority comes from God. And when God gives that to us, we actually should exercise it. So I'm curious why Eve is talking to the serpent at all. You see, being made in the image of God and being expected to exercise authority over creation is something that God bestows upon us before this passage is even read. In Genesis chapter 1, 27 to 28, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the seas and the birds of the sky and, every over, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Here's the thing. We can't let what you've been created to control, control you. The serpent was placed in the, in the garden, but we are given the, the, the command very early on that we would rule over and have authority over every single living thing and every creature that moves on the ground. And yet here we have what we are meant to control, controlling us. The serpent begins to control us rather than we control the serpent. This is important to understand because when it comes to finances, we have created money as a way to barter in our society. And all of a sudden, something that was created that we were meant to control, how many of us, if we got really honest, were allowing money to control us? See, there is so many implications of the original fall where all of a sudden things that God said, you control it, we actually allowed to control us and then speak to us about what God actually thinks about the thing that we created. Yeah. It's backwards, but what we need to see, what we need to realize is that, that we don't speak to the things that we're meant to speak to. They will eventually speak back to us. Yeah. Listen, in chapter three, verse one, to recap, it says, now the serpent was more crafty. So you've got to be careful because the lies that are told to us from the enemy sound a lot like truths. That's why they're so tasty. That's why they're so tempting. It's not because it's just a blatant outright lie. I can identify that from a mile away. But when it sounds like truth and I bite into it just a little bit, that's when it becomes difficult. It says he was more crafty than any of the other wild animals that God had made. God made the serpent. Don't allow lower things to speak to higher things. Don't allow your money to speak to God's plan for your life. Allow God's plan for your life to speak to your finances. It says, he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And that is the problem that exists when we allow the serpent to speak to us. Did God really say, did God really say to tithe to your church? Did he really say that? everything was from him and that, that you should give a portion back to him. The moment we start asking these questions, we actually, um, we actually find ourselves uh, uh, stepping more into the will of the things that we are meant to have control over and less into the will that God wants to have for us. See, it's as simple as this. When the kids wake up crying in the middle of the night, I just pretend like I don't hear them. Therefore, Emma has to go uh, deal with them. And if that doesn't work, 
uh, I'll just mumble something and be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and then Emma goes the other way. <laughs> now, this is a little trick for all those uh, soon-to-be parents, but if you're both doing it, then it just sounds like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and that will go on in our, in our house for a little bit. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to block out something that you don't want speaking to you in the middle of the night. You don't want to get out of bed. And listen, we need to do a better job at ignoring what money is trying to tell us Culture is trying to tell us we need to block it out by all creative means so we can allow God to speak to us before we allow the creator to speak to us. Now listen, in chapter uh, 3, verse 2, it goes on to say that the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. This is true. Because God gave them the entire Garden of Eden. It's an abundant place, as Nate was talking about last week. This is an abundant creation. And he says, but you must not eat from one tree. So they've got the whole world to, 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 to live in. Just don't do this one thing. And why is that? Because there had to be something else in the garden that was other than God for us to choose in order for love to be possible between us and God. If he just put us in a, in a world where there was no choice other than him, that's not love. That's, that's a robotic uh, system that's being created that self-serves God in, in a weird, strange way. But he created free will beings that had the ability to choose other than God so that that love actually meant something. So they have the entire world in front of them and they allow the one thing they can't have to start speaking to them. But Eve... Um, actually adds to what God said. She says, and you must not touch it or you will die. God didn't say that. He said, don't eat from the tree. Now it's wise to not touch it, but he didn't say, if you touch it, you're gonna die. He said, don't eat from it or you will surely die. We love to add to what God says about everything to serve our own purposes or because we have chosen to misunderstand what God has said for some alternative reason. We need to understand when it comes to tithe and giving back to God, God did command us to give back to the church. He did command us to give back to the temple. More on that in weeks to come. But we also need to understand that God didn't say that uh, money, uh, money is the root of all evil. No, in 1 Timothy 6.10, it says that the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. So we can't allow the love of money to consume us, but we need to understand that money is a tool that God has given us. Money viewed the right way is an incredible asset to do all the things that God has called us to do. So this is where it's important. We can't have a prosperity gospel of finances that says when you give to God, he's going to give back to you, uh, uh, press down, good measure, all the rest, and take some of these verses out of context because we say that if we give, we will be blessed, right? But we can't have a poverty mentality that says anything that we have is actually terrible. See, C.S. Lewis said that one of the dangers of having a lot of money is that you might be quite satisfied with the kind of, kinds of happiness that money can give and so fail to release, realize your need for God. If everything seems to come simply by signing checks, you may forget that you are at every moment totally dependent on God. But a poverty mindset says having anything at all is a sin. We need to find ourselves in the middle that says when we are blessed, we are called to be a blessing. This is picking up with what Nate said last week. We need to understand that when God says give a tenth to the church, that's a great place to start. And that's, that's a, a, a work through all throughout scripture. It's this meta narrative that is carried all throughout scripture. But the moment that we start to push that away is a moment that we start to break away from God's original tent for our finances, which was putting him first in all that he has actually given us. You see, we start to actually add on to what God said, and that starts to define our actions more than what God actually said. You see, I want to make sure that 
when I give back to God and I don't touch what is his, that I actually begin to realize that he's doing it for my benefit and it's not just something that he's trying to withhold from me, but it's actually something he's wanting to give to me. When I give 10% back to God, I'm putting him first in my finances so that the rest of the 90% is actually used well. See, some of us, when we're told to give to the church, we can only focus on the, on the amount that we, are, we don't have and now belongs to God's kingdom. Rather than focusing on the 90% or more, or, or less rather, that he actually allows us to keep. So we have to have a different perspective on this. Finally, I want to talk about verse 4, and it says, it goes on, and the, the, the devil is, is speaking to Eve and says, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. It's kind of interesting how so often personal advantage outweighs kingdom advantage in our minds. The serpent is tempting Eve with the very thing that we're tempted with when it comes to our finances to have a personal advantage in this life rather than seeking a kingdom advantage for the kingdom of God. Well, you, you, you don't understand this, Eve, the serpent says to Eve. You will actually become more like God if you eat from this. So rather than listen to what God has to say about all of this, what Eve does is she actually bows to a, a, a self-serving thing that will actually serve her. Oh, I can actually be more like God by not listening to God? Well, therefore, I'll take an action in this, in, in this direction. But what we actually see is that when we uh, begin to depersonalize God and we overpersonalize ourselves, we raise up our needs and our desires and our pursuits over God's pursuits. See, God is not telling Eve you can't have this tree because he's trying to be mean. He's trying to reorient things in her life so that she will understand the abundance around her is available to her as long as she will lean into what God has for her and she can enjoy it all herself. But the moment we start to take what is not ours, we actually start to lessen the things he's provided for us because we are more caught up in, 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 caught up in, in a scarcity mindset or what we don't have rather than what God is actually giving us. And we know that the enemy is depersonalizing God because he actually never uses God's uh, uh, more personalized name, which is Yahweh or Lord. He just refers to him as, as this, impersonal, um, this impersonal word in this story. Church, when it comes to finances and it comes to our approach to finances and when it comes to uh, what we're gonna do with our finances, we need to understand that we actually have authority to carry out in our lives what God has asked us to carry out. Part of speaking to what we are meant to control and not allowing it to control us is setting up smart things like budgets so that we can actually speak to what God's calling us to and not allow every given moment and our every given want and desire to speak to us about what we should do with what God's given us. But when we actually start to set ourselves up for success is when we actually start to have the margin to be able to give back to God. You say, I often hear that, how does, how does a student church give so much uh, to, 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 uh, to God? And two things I would say, this isn't a student church. <laughs> so many people still think this is a student church. You have so many young people. I'm like, is it that abnormal to have that many young people in a church that you have to characterize a church as a student church simply because there's so many young people? I call that revival. I call that a generation that is hungry for God. I call that a, a bunch of people that are saying, hey, the ways of the world are not what I want to invest in, but God's ways is what I want to see uh, move across this nation. So that's the first thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say, two young people that apparently don't have any money, I would say, hey, 10% of $0 is, is $0. <laughs> so what are you supposed to give back to God? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess 10% of zero is zero. 
But for every student that says they don't have any money and, and visits Starbucks on the daily, maybe twice a day, I would start to question what's actually going on in your heart. Is it that you don't have actual access to funds? Or is it that you're trying to hoard something to your own personal advantage, forgetting that the kingdom advantage is not just for yourself, but it's for all the people that you find around you? Church, in Heart for the House season, we have an opportunity to give back to God over and above what we regularly give to him week after week after week. And we have an opportunity to give above and beyond and show the created, the thing that we were meant to control, that it does not have control over us, but we have control over it and that we can see an actual kingdom uh, advancement move before us. So I wanna ask you a question today. Are you praying into what God would have you to give uh, on May 2nd? For some of you, it might mean giving up Starbucks for a year. I don't know. Maybe that's your way that you can actually pledge to give to what God uh, would have you give. But for some of you, maybe it's actually looking at some of the things you've been saving in your own, in your own will and releasing that to God. I don't know what it is, but I wanna pray for you right now as you begin to pray into May 2nd. Jesus, we thank you for um, the fact that you speak to us so much about finances, not because we're, uh, uh, you're obsessed with it, but because we're obsessed with it. And we need to be spoken about finances. Every heart for the house season actually causes me to reevaluate what I'm doing with what you've given me. And that's a healthy process and I wanna thank you for it. God, as we're praying in a May 2nd, I pray that you would speak to us clearly. May we remember, it's not about equal giving across our church, but it's about equal sacrifice. Jesus, we pray that you'd speak to us clearly so we don't have to play the head games and mind games that so often we play when we're praying about money, but that God, you'd speak clearly to us what we might give. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't want to pray for anybody that maybe this idea of moving from personal advancement to kingdom advancement has never come to your mind. I want to pray for you um, because maybe today is the day that you actually begin to put God first in your life. If you want to put God first in your life today, make Jesus your Lord and Savior, which is to say, accept the free gift of salvation that he paid for on the cross. Uh, He paid for your sin on the cross because you couldn't pay that price yourself. If you want to make that decision today, I want to encourage you to just raise your hand or click that button in the chat that's coming up in the live chat right now, and I want to pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for everybody making a decision to follow you. God, we um, release Um, control over our own lives to you right now. And we accept the free gift of salvation that you paid for on that cross. And God, we pray that you would fill us with this new life in Christ, your spirit, Lord. So as we face the problems of our day, we can do it with your spirit inside of us. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we stand up and begin to worship God and all that he has done? Yeah. 
today from beginning to end. And listen, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Brandon as well for that message. What a great kind of understanding and overview and revelation of what God is asking of us and what it looks like to actually uh, speak into our finances. You know, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, why don't you go ahead to slatechurch.com, fill out a connect card. We would love to get connected with you. We would love to just be able to journey with you as you start to step into what it means to actually have faith in Jesus. You know, also, if you want to get involved here at Slate Church, fill out a Connect card online. If you want to know more about what your next step could be, we have actually a short session right after this. Whether you're at a watch party or you're watching online, if you're online, it's going to pop up in the chat a link to something called Next Steps. And basically, that's just a chance to meet some of the leadership here, ask questions, find out what your next step could be, just get some information about who we are as a church. So I encourage you, join that. It's not a lot of time. Make sure that you are checking out Next Steps. Well, hey, what a great day this has been. What a great service this has been. I love the series that we are in. I am excited and anticipating May 2nd. I'm already so pumped for it and praying into what God would have us give as a family. I hope that you are doing the same. Listen, church, go have a great week ahead and we will see you next week.